1: Welcome, everyone. This is Sasha Moving Mountains. Today's guest is Dr. Karen Tran Harding, MD, is a diagnostic radiologist at the University of California, Irvine Medical Center, a specialty in which physicians use imaging to diagnose, manage, and provide therapeutic options for patients. Radiologists act as expert consultants to referring physicians by interpreting imaging, generating accurate reports, and recommending further imaging tests or treatment. Raised in Southern California, she earned a bachelor's degree in biology from UCLA and attended medical school at the University of Kentucky College of Medicine. After an OBGYN residency, she switched her focus to radiology. She returned to California from Kentucky in 2019 was awarded an abdominal imaging fellowship by UCI Medical Center and then took her current full-time position there. Her husband, whom she met in medical school, is a frontline physician treating COVID-19 patients. She is also the creator, host, and producer of the web series, Medical Heroes, a 30-minute show which streams daily, seven days a week, on the DBNA television network. We'll learn more about Dr. Tran Harding and the inspiration behind the birth of his series that celebrates the accomplishments of heroes, professionally and personally, as the global community navigates through the novel coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to Moving Mountains, Karen. Thank you so much for having me, Sasha. I'm so happy to be here. Well, first off, I want to thank you for being one of the frontline medical professionals yourself. You happen to be a radiologist working out of Southern California the Irvine Medical Center. And for those who aren't aware, would you like to take us through a brief professional journey of how you ended up in Southern California practicing as a radiologist?
0: Sure, of course. So I actually um, grew up in Southern California. My family is all here. Um, My medical training journey did actually take me to Lexington, Kentucky for actually a total of 10 years where I actually did medical school and one and a half residencies in OBGYN and radiology. Long story short, I actually met my husband there. Um, So, you know, I came actually back here to Southern California for my um, fellowship for radiology and was very lucky to get hired on in um, Orange County, California, um, right at home. So now I'm practicing as a radiologist, like you were saying, Sasha. Um, So really, I'm a, I do see patients sometimes, but I'm more of a consultant for other um, physicians because the main thing I do is actually interpret imaging, such so as x-rays, CTs, MRIs, ultrasounds, um, and then do a couple of procedures on patients every once in a while. So that's kind of the main thing that I do as a physician. And through the appearance of the novel coronavirus
1: pandemic, I'm sure that your services have been sought. So initially when the announcement was made that there's a virus going around nationally and internationally. What were your initial thoughts as a medical practitioner?
0: Um, As a medical practitioner, I think that we, you know, when this was all new and very uncertain and scary, I think in some ways when we see these things kind of start to come up, we may be in some ways more fearful than the general public just because we know how, you know, the um, disease can spread and how bad it can really, really be. Um, So, you know, I think when we first saw, you know, the, the virus was still not, you know, really in the U.S. and stuff like that. I know my husband and I, who my husband's actually a frontline medical uh, worker, actually, Um, you know, we were already pretty, pretty nervous, pretty, you know, thinking, oh, gosh, this, this, this could be that pandemic. So I think that's how we kind of think of things as medical professionals. Well, while
1: going to medical school and then for every time you enter a new hospital for a place of employment, are you given any training regarding a pr- prospective pandemic that could unfold, or was this a first-time experience for you to just see it play out with no pre-existing information in the workplace?
0: This was, um, this was actually very novel <laughs> to all of us. Um, we don't really get specific training about pandemics, necessarily. Um, We do get, you know, disaster training, a pretty decent amount, you know, just sometimes when, you know, natural disasters happen, say, like, in, um, you know, California, we have earthquakes. Um, In Kentucky, sometimes tornadoes come through, really bad weather, ice storms. So we do get trained on kind of that aspect of things, but a pandemic, definitely not. We never really had specific training on that. So it was very new to all of us, for sure. And you've been able to
1: listen your personal and professional experiences through being the creator and a producer of the show Medical Heroes that airs on DBNA Television Network. What inspired you to share the stories of these not only patients but the frontline professional workers?
0: Right. So I actually remember the actual month that I remember thinking of this concept. It was actually May 2020 of last year, you know, just a few months. Um, after the pandemic started, and, you know, the global health crisis was still very new and very scary to all of us, um, you know, every everyday people, medical professionals, frontline workers, everyone, and what really touched me during that time was, you know, even though the healthcare workers were working so hard, you know, we weren't, you know, we didn't have the PPE like we do now, the um, per, uh, personal protective equipment like we do now, you know, they were kind of at risk at their jobs and things like that, I did. it did really touch me how everyday people really showed their appreciation for medical heroes and really appreciated and recognized how much medical frontline workers were doing. So, you know, even at our own hospital, we had patients, um, you know, or not just patients, I'm sorry, but like outside businesses, you know, donate things, donate food, donate PPE, and, you know, we all know about those daily claps for healthcare workers. Um, so I just really wanted to highlight how much medical workers Um, uh, kind of sacrifice day to day, not just every day, day, but during the pandemic, especially, and I really wanted people to see their stories and hear kind of what they've been going through. And you know, even their personal lives, just so that they can really get a sense of you know, everyone as a person, and hopefully after watching come away, you know, with hope and inspiration, and you know, maybe they'll also do nice things for other people too, and maybe pay it forward. So that was kind of my inspiration for um, the show Medical Heroes. After
1: watching a few episodes myself, the one thing that I noticed in all of these segments are that there's a size of humanity being shared from each individual who's been impacted even medical professionals who had to go quarantine themselves, which made the experience more relatable in the future with the patients. How have you seen the quarantines impact some patients to your colleagues?
0: So the, the quarantine, uh, really, um, how it impacted my colleagues, um, well, I guess, I guess the quarantine actually, I guess, affects everyday people more. I know it was really hard for people to, you know, have to be asked, stay home and wear a mask and just do things that, you know, we're not used to. And again, I didn't know there was so much uncertainty. So um, I think quarantining for everyday people was really, really difficult, but I thought it was very, very important to help, you know, contain uh, the virus as much as possible and to kind of help with that pandemic. Um, Quarantining, you know, did mean for medical professionals that hopefully if there was less spread of the virus, that you know over time there would be less patients that came to the hospital because you know we all know at one point at the peak of the pandemic in different cities such as new york city and then even here in southern california our hospitals just got very 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 overwhelmed um so you know luckily over time and especially now it seems the pandemic is you know starting to really decrease and taper off so i think you know quarantining wasn't great, it wasn't fun for anyone, even medical professionals, but I felt like it was something that really did help bring the pandemic down.
1: Uh, because we worked with x-rays and imaging, was there anything that remained consistent among the majority of the people that were impacted by COVID with the minor and major symptoms?
0: Um, Yeah, there was – I mean, honestly, actually every patient was pretty different. Um, You know, some patients can come in with really, really, really bad symptoms and, you know, go right to the um, ICU from the ER. Some patients come in with minor symptoms. um, And, then you know, unfortunately some of them, you know, have minor symptoms and then go home and then sometimes can even get worse and then I have to come back to the hospital. Sometimes it was just scary because you never know. And even a patient who would be doing well day after day – Unfortunately, would just decline, maybe even on like day three or four of getting better, and unfortunately have to end up intubated on or on intubated and on mechanical ventilator. So it it just really, you know, it actually did differ patient by patient. And as for me as a radiologist, even their imaging changed because I did look at you know chest radiographs and chest CTs of these patients. And, you know, honestly, a lot of the imaging was different. You know, we did see some themes in patients that um, do have the, you know, coronavirus, and we do see that um, on, our, on the imaging. But sometimes even when patients come in with really bad symptoms, their imaging can even be normal. So it just, it actually really just depended on the case.
1: Speaking of energy, your show, Medical Heroes, focuses on the idea of a hero, how would you define a hero?
0: I think a hero can be anyone. And I think that a hero is just a person who really puts their self forward to help others. Um, I know there's so many different definitions of what a hero can be. And I know a lot of people don't even, you know, like to refer themselves as heroes and, uh, you know, don't want to be called heroes themselves because of, you know, different different reasons. But I think just people who or anyone, not necessarily even just people, right? They are just the people that um, want to help others selflessly, um, without, you know, necessarily um, getting something out of it for themselves. So I think of heroes as people who are just very selfless and very kind and giving, and just wanting to help others altruistically. For those who are
1: facing isolation to this day even though things are opening up in different parts of the world what guidance do you have for them to create a new normal and restore some aspect of a balance balance doesn't necessarily have mean going back to what they knew
0: i think um especially since the pandemic is slowing down and i hopefully and hopefully it continues to keep going in this direction i think that i think that you know, with the the rules and regulations loosening up, I think it's good actually for people to try to return to a little bit of normalcy, at least. I think if there's guidelines, you know, we all have to still try to keep ourselves safe as much as possible and not overdo it. But I think that I truly believe that someday we will actually go back to normal. So I really do like that, you know, People are being encouraged to, you know, get vaccinated and get outside more and, you know, just return to normalcy because this pandemic was just so hard for everyone, not just medical workers, again, but just for everyone that I do want, you know, a return to at least almost normalcy if we can. So I would say. If the guidelines say that things are, you know, getting on the safe side and you are able to go back out again, you know, get vaccinated, hopefully maybe not have to wear masks all the time again. I think that's actually a really good thing. Karen, the show also
1: highlights different forms of healing modalities that may be considered underrated, but they bring great value to the patients from pet therapy, music. What are some healing methods that you've observed to be very powerful? for a patient healing journey?
0: So I think that pet therapy, music therapy, all of that is just fantastic. Um, on our show, Medical Heroes, we do highlight um, pet therapy, and I hope to highlight other great therapies in the future as well, such as music therapy, like you were saying, Sasha. Um, you know, just being stuck in a hospital, and it's just, it's, you know, hopefully they'll have family and friends visiting, but especially during the you know, COVID global health crisis, that wasn't a possibility. So, and even then, pet therapy and music therapy actually wasn't as pronounced as it usually is in the hospital because, again, you know, we were trying to contain the spread of the virus and, you know, so we couldn't have a lot of people in patient rooms and some patients were just really, really sick. Um, So something that I saw during the pandemic and, you know, all the time actually is just human interaction, Um, you know, nurses, um, you know, uh, nurse assistants, just really, really wonderful people, respiratory therapists will go into the patient's room. And, you know, just even talk to the patient and just kind of have that human interaction. And another thing that I saw that was really helpful for healing um, during the um, pandemic was also You know, we've seen it on TV and things like that. But when people uh, or the nurses and staff would have, you know, the iPads and just kind of show it to the family and, uh, you know, and and, uh, show it to the patient so that the family and patient can interact with each other. So I think in some ways the pandemic was really different and we couldn't do all the therapies that we used to always do. But in a way, it was almost like a personal uh, human therapy in a way to kind of promote that healing. And I think just getting the love from family and friends really, really, really always promotes healing.
1: Speaking of uh, family therapy and supporting one another, you have a spouse who also works in the medical community. How has your relationship evolved between the normal when both of you were working pre-pandemic and leading to the present?
0: So... um the yeah, so you know before you know we we're always both physicians, so sometimes it's kind of nice because we're both in the medical field, so we can really relate and talk about things that we both uh, you know really understand and deal with day to day. My husband is actually a frontline medical worker where he actually you know took care of tons of. Uh, COVID-19 um, affected patients. Um, so he was actually more of a frontline worker than me. I did see patients here and there to do some procedures on them, um, but it wasn't as much as him. He actually directly took care of these patients um, uh, every day during the pandemic. So, you know, it was it was a really stressful time, Um, you know, just because he really saw a lot of the brunt of patients getting very, very sick and unfortunately passing, then also speaking to the family members of these patients that were affected by the virus. Um, So it was a really stressful time, but I'm so proud of him because he just handled it so well, even when they didn't have a lot of PPE. He just handled everything so well and was really so grateful for You know, everything that he had in life and how lucky he was and how much support the hospital was giving him. Um, So it was a very, very, very uh, uncertain time, a fearful time. You know, we always thought there's always a chance that, you know, either he or I could get sick as well being healthcare workers. But I think over time, our bond just gotten much, much stronger, not just because we're both physicians and working in the hospital with COVID patients, but also because, um, you know, we were quarantining together. So we, we just grew closer and luckily never got sick of each other. So it was it was, you know, a stressful time, but I think we just grew stronger and just even had a better of a bond over time. You reference stress management. How are you able
1: to manage your stress when you're dealing with day-to-day sensitive cases, uncertainty, being open to taking various risks? How do you de-stress?
0: Um, so the main way I de-stress is, you know, like you were saying, at work, you know, there's a lot of risk. And things like that, but you know, where we were all pretty careful during the pandemic, so we, we always try to do what we can to reduce our risk at work. But you know, at the end of the day, to de stress when you come home, one of my uh, lifelong habits is actually running. Um, so I'm actually uh, like a lifelong runner. I run pretty much every day. Um, And I think it's just such a great way to de-stress, give myself some alone time, kind of clear my head. I think it really promotes my sleep. So that's one way that I've always de-stressed for a very long time. It just really kind of gets that extra energy out, right? And that runner's high that people talk about, it definitely exists because every time I even feel like I come home and I'm like, I'm so tired, I don't want to run. It's been a horrible day. Every single time I've done it, I've been so happy I did and never, ever regretted it. Um, Other things that I um, de-stress, other ways that I de-stress are, um, you know, pets. Everyone knows pets are great. They lower blood pressure, decrease stress. I have two corgis um, that we, um, you know, love to take to the dog beach since I'm here in Southern California. And, uh, you know, just like to come home and play with them and cuddle with them. And that's a really, really great de-stressor as well. And, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, in the evenings, especially during the pandemic, just sitting on the couch and just watching TV or movies is a great way to de-stress. Because, you know, when we're watching these movies and shows in, you know, on some level, they're even, their lives are even more crazy than ours, the characters' lives on the TV shows and movies, that it's nice to just kind of let your mind go and put yourself in a different world and forget about your own world for a while. So those are definitely the main ways that I de-stress. So in the
1: world of Sasha talks, we also focus on self-development. Do you have any daily rituals that help you keep yourself grounded to help you maintain some levity as you navigate through the ways of the world?
0: Um, yeah but yeah, besides the other the things that I was saying, the things that I do daily, pretty much running, kind of focusing on my health um those the day to day things that I always focus on is you know I, you know as I've gotten older, I just really started to think about taking care of myself, of course, I take care of you know my friends, family, people I love, patients, obviously, but you know, just as you know we progress in life, we realize how important it is to take care of yourself. So I always just kind of make sure in my day-to-day life that, you know, everything that I do, um, you know, I I really do it because it makes me happy. Um, If there's things that, you know, I know would lead me down a path of not being the happiest or, you know, for whatever reason, I just, you know, just don't don't go down that path, you know. I would just rather, you know, because I think from within, if you're happy, you really project that happiness, and can really, you know, really take care of others and really be, be kind and giving and, um, you know, just be a great person in life. So I think that's the kind of thing day to day. I just kind of, as I got older, I just started focusing on my needs and myself a little bit more every day. That sounds beautiful because in the show Medical Heroes there
1: were two things that I came across one had to do with paying it forward and kindness goes a long way especially when there are many people going through a similar situation and they're walking into the unknown and also that life's fragile time is limited. And for anyone who would be listening, whether it's a young child to an elderly adult, what would you have to say about the fragility of time? Because oftentimes people like to put off their goals, put off what they're planning to do, because there'll always be another day, another year to take care of it.
0: Right, I completely agree with that, Sasha. I know, you know, going through day-to-day life, and like you said, even from young people, um, to all the way to much older people, people do put off things day to day, always thinking like I can't right now, I'm too busy or life gets in the way. Um, And then they may even put it off, you know, for way, way too long. And, you know, like you were saying, just seeing how fragile life is these days, you know, it's, it's so morbid and horrible to say, but life is just so short. It can be so short. It can even end tomorrow, you know? So I think that, yes, this global health crisis was horrible, but at the same time, I hope that, in at least some little way, it showed people how fragile life was, and that we should really grab life by the horns and really just, um, you know, not take it for granted. Not take for granted the people in our lives that we love and we care about, and hopefully, we'll you know make that phone call and tell them that we love them, or or pick up that project, or maybe that that second life goal that you had that you thought, no, that's not just that's not for me. I'll never work out, I'll never get to it. But I think now, with all that happened, maybe hopefully people will just take life and just say, I'm going to do this. Even if it may seem like I may fail or it may not work out, I really do hope that people really just go for it now. Aside from producing Medical
1: Heroes, Karen, what is the most courageous thing that you've done in the last year?
0: I think the most courageous thing that I've done the past year, like you said, besides, you know, just going for it and starting a um, TV show, um, I think, you know, in my personal life um, as a physician, I think, you know, um, courageous things that I've done, I guess, you know, I I know it's my job. I show up to go to work. But, you know, I definitely still did it with a passion and I still – Um, You know, went out of my way for patients. I know, you know, there's always a risk if you have more exposure and things like that. But I felt just during this really delicate time, I just still felt like I wanted to go above and beyond for my patients and really talk to them as long as possible and just show that we are there for them. Um, so, you know, not, I, I don't know if that's like the most courageous thing cause I know it is part of my job, but I think just, you know, dealing with this pandemic, it was just like a whole other level of things. So I think that's the main thing in my, um, medical life anyway. And then like you were saying, just, just kind of putting myself out there as far as this TV show, cause obviously I'm not anywhere close to being a TV show host. Um, but, you know, really putting myself out there and almost even, like, watching myself on TV or even hearing myself, I feel like for me that's already courageous because I don't know if that's my favorite thing in the world to do. But, yes, yeah, so I think that's, that's those are the main things I did this year that are a little bit more out of my comfort zone than usual.
1: Well, never say never, Karen, because from just observing you, you seem very calm and you come off to be a natural. So please do continue sharing yourself with the world through your TV web series. And also, as we mentioned that, I don't think you should discount the fact that you are a medical professional doing your job, because there are many professionals out there. And I always say that there are those that are rock stars, and they go beyond 100 miles and more than what is expected.
0: Oh, thank your effort. You.
1: As we start to wrap things up regarding medical heroes, what was your experience like producing? as a creative but also a medical professional
0: um my experience has been really nice so far um honestly you know so far the show has been through zoom just because of the pandemic um so you know it was um it would have been difficult to get a camera crew especially you know with um you know hospitals being much more closed off than pretty much any facility uh, during the crisis, um, but it 's been very, very fun you know uh, you know because of the isolation and everything like that. I couldn't talk to as many people during the uh, pandemic as much as I you know would have wanted to, so it was really nice to connect with other medical professionals across even the world because i 've had guests. Um, you know, from New York, from Florida, um, even Australia and Kentucky, you know. Um, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, in the future, we do hope to, you know, actually visit our medical heroes actually on site and kind of get to see their day-to-day life and actually, you know, be a little bit more in depth and see them in their, um, you know, natural uh, habitat, if you will. And also in the future – I really hope to have more than just you know frontline medical workers because medical heroes actually aren't just you know uh, healthcare professionals. They're also the patients. Um, That recover from, you know, illnesses, uh, research scientists, people who hold fundraisers for um, people who may not have the finances to take care of their own health, you know. So there's just so many more fun subjects that I do want to uh, reach out and present to the audience in the future. Um, But yeah, so it's just been a lot of fun because I've been able to just talk to so many different people and just really get to see what their lives are like and just kind of get to listen to the great inspirational stories and all the great things that they're doing for other people and patients.
1: I'm very intrigued by the fact that the Veg series airs seven days a week. How are you able to manage that?
0: So um, the show actually does air daily, um, but actually, there's actually only five episodes out so far, um, and we actually have two coming up this week, actually. So for the, I guess, season of uh, the summer, we're probably going to have about 11 to 12 episodes out, and they do air daily, um, but it's just because, you know, the, the same ones actually air uh, repeatedly kind of, you know, in a row. So like for seven episodes, they just kind of repeat over seven days. Um, and this is kind of how db and uh, uh, television network works right now. Um, it's just a way to give audiences a lot of ample time to catch any episodes that they may have missed. So it's kind of a different model. You know, it's a it's a cool new way of doing, you know, streaming TV, the DB&A um television network is actually you know owned by an agent actually so you know it's the first of its kind and has a lot of really really great programming on it not just um you know my medical heroes show of course but it also has like great uh, travel shows sports talk shows um you know um, exercise shows cooking shows so it, it's a really great network to watch um, daily <laughs> and, and you get to see your you know shows uh, repeated just in case you missed something
1: and that's also a wise way of acquiring audiences. Karen, thank you for sharing the wonderful work that you're doing out there and how you're sharing the stories of other medical heroes. You're welcome to share with audiences but how they can connect with you.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Sasha. It was an absolute pleasure um, speaking to you and meeting you today. And thank you for all you do, you know, allowing us to come on to your awesome platform and sharing our stories. So I really, really, really appreciate it. It is our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.